G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. On Australia's Vision Radio Network, connecting faith to life, it's Neil Johnson with you on this Thursday edition of 2020. Surrender, that's something of what we're going to be talking about through the remainder of this hour here on 2020. We're going to be talking about a topic you might never have really heard unpacked before. The idea of financial repentance and restitution and then, therefore, leading to financial restoration. Well, our special guest this hour is Alex Cook. He's from Wealth With Purpose. Hello, Alex. Welcome to 2020. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you. It's great to have you on the program, Alex. And uh, let me just say, when we're talking about an issue like repentance and restitution when it comes to finance, we're sometimes thinking about uh, repentance and restitution when it comes to the sinful nature that we deal with in our lives. But really, when we talk about real-life issues and where the rubber hits the road, finance is all much a part of that, isn't it? Oh, very much so. Absolutely. I mean, uh, day-to-day, we're dealing with money uh, almost... uh you know, with everything you do, uh, from buying the food to buying the house. Then uh, the reason, of course, we go to work is to earn an income so that we can so that we can live, and uh, and therefore uh, we need to consider how we honour God with our money, and because uh, it affects so many areas of our life. Now, Alex, I want to invite listeners to participate in our conversation today. We're opening our talkback lines. You can call us on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six to be a part of our conversation today, all about financial repentance and restoration. Perhaps you'd like to tell us about your own turnaround when it comes to financial matters. Uh, perhaps you would like to contribute by, uh, did you ever repent from having bad financial attitudes? And how important is it to you to have a biblical attitude to money? Uh, we're going to continue our conversation. Alex Cook, our guest through the remainder of this hour, Wealth With Purpose is Alex's ministry. We'll come back and talk some more in just a moment. Rise and shine. What are some things you wish you knew about Christianity before you became a Christian? I was raised as a Catholic and no one ever said to me, read the word. I wish someone had told me, if you want to find Jesus, you'll find him in the Gospels, you'll find him all through the whole uh, Bible. God personally wants a relationship with people. He doesn't want us to be religious people. He wants us to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. God changed my life. I was addicted to to drugs and um, I just discovered shortly after... I started to know Jesus that there's no high like the most high. (laughs) That's a great line. Rise and shine. Weekday mornings on Vision. Want wholesome, positive TV the whole family can enjoy? Visit acctv.com.au. This week's Friday night movie. An emotionally crippled attorney who's lost his faith in God and himself reluctantly decides to take on one last case. 
but nothing can prepare Mac for the startling twists and turns of the trial as the determined lawyer fights for justice and seeks a path to his own redemption. The trial, this Friday at 8pm Eastern Daylight Savings Time on station sponsor ACC TV. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil Johnson with you on 2020. Our guest this hour, Alex Cook from Wealth With Purpose. We're talking about financial repentance and restitution. Uh, Alex, when you hear that word repentance, uh, you can talk about uh, sin and all of those different things. Uh, When you think of it in your context, what does repentance mean for the average person in their life when it comes to their money? Absolutely. Well, just starting with the the definition of repentance is really to take your life from one direction to another completely new direction so if you like if you take it from evil to good if you like but in the terms of money often the thing that we need to repent about most is our attitude to money often you know we're bombarded daily by messages in the media and on advertising about what our attitudes to money should be and indeed what's actually important and what the world tells us is important. And so often we develop attitudes that are, are counter to what God actually says in his word. And probably the, the biggest one for me and the, the greatest revelation uh, from a financial perspective for me is really around whose money is it? And that is, uh, it dawned on me that the money that God has given me is in fact God's money, not my own. And that, therefore, has enormous implications for how we actually use money when we realise that the money that we have is actually God's money. I I think when we're talking in the context of Christianity, uh, people who are attached to a local church or uh, people hearing appeals for people to give uh, all sorts of financial gifts and those sorts of things. And, of course, Christian ministries survive on the way that people do, in fact, uh, support financially. Uh, When we talk about whose money is it, there is a sense, isn't there, in which uh, our attitude is very important here because there's an attitude that says, I keep it all to myself, uh, it's my money, and if I give a little bit, well, I'll make that God's. But what you're saying is it's all God's. Exactly right. And, uh, and this is one of the, the challenges that we have uh, today, certainly for, for ministries and for churches, is that many of us have fallen into the trap of thinking that either we don't have enough money, when in fact God has actually blessed us quite, uh, quite immensely, especially in a, a country as prosperous as Australia. Another common one is that I can't afford to give. You know, I've got too much debt. Um, and another common one is I'll give when I get out of debt. So these sort of things have really crept in and they have a, a big effect on, on ministries and in churches in terms of the level of giving that we see. Um, currently in, in Western culture, the giving sits around 2 to 3% of uh, people's incomes. And when you think about the, the New Testament and when we look at the early church in the book of Acts, they were remarkably generous. Not only did they give out of their income, but they actually gave out of their assets often they would sell assets in order to, to help those that were in need and to fund the church in its early days. And I think we need to, as a culture and as a Christian culture, recapture some of what it means to be really, truly generous uh, and, uh, and really rethink our attitude to money and taking an eternal perspective on money. That's what I would love to see in the church people having an eternal perspective 
rather than having a short-term perspective. Uh, because it's very easy uh, on day-to-day life to get caught up worrying about money, thinking about debt, thinking about our jobs and worrying about job loss, that we often lose sight of the eternal perspective that we need to have on money and what we do with it. And the eternal perspective that ministries such as UCB and churches themselves, uh, what the money will do for, on an eternal basis. And that's, to me, what excites me. And that's a, a big message that I'd love to get across to, to Christians is reframing their attitude to money and uh, getting it along the lines of having an eternal perspective. Alex, let's just dwell on debt for a moment uh, because I know that uh, you know buying a house, owning a home is the great Australian dream and usually that puts us into debt uh, for decades and for a lot of people that's debt that lasts into up to and beyond retirement. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in, in which if you say, well, I won't give generously until I'm out of debt, that you may not ever be a giver at all. Absolutely. And, uh, and we do see that um, where people often these days, they, they borrow too much money. I actually think home ownership is a good thing. And I think people um, certainly, uh, it makes good financial sense to own your own home in the long run. However, what's happened now is when you go to a bank, the bank will pretty much lend you a, a very large sum of money. And many people will borrow to the full extent that the bank will lend them. And the, the problem with that means that often that debt is something that they uh, can only just service and therefore there's little money left over to do the things that God has called us to do, such as funding the Great Commission. I mean, that's ultimately one of our key purposes here in our lives on earth is to fund that Great Commission and to help those that are in need. But if we take on too much debt, then we run the risk of not being able to fulfill what God has asked us to do. And that's one of the big challenges that I see um, by people getting too caught up in debt. And the, the thing that's happened in our culture is debt has become something that is seen as both normal and necessary. Whereas when we look in, in, in the Word, the Bible actually says that debt um, can potentially lead to enslavement. Having debt does not mean that you're necessarily enslaved. But certainly when you have excessive levels of debt, it can mean that. And that's one of the big, uh, the big risks that Christians can fall into and uh, a challenge I, I see that we need to try and avoid. Alex, I uh, want to invite our listeners to participate in our conversation today because there are different perspectives that Christian people do take when it comes to money. And particularly when we talk about these issues of debt, of home ownership, uh, would love to hear from listeners who perhaps have decided that home ownership is not your top priority. Or there will be others who will say, well, when it comes to giving, we need to have a balance. We need to be able to have something to invest, something to uh, get a future return on. And there's that security for our families. There's the idea of leaving an inheritance for our children. Absolutely. You might like to contribute to our conversation. The telephone lines are open for Talk Back today on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. That's one eight hundred. 880-876. Why don't you give us a call and contribute to our conversation? We're talking about financial repentance and restitution. Now, let's come back to this word repentance again, Alex. We're talking yep. about an intentional uh, way of turning around the way we think about money. How intentional does intentional have to be? Oh, look, to me, it's 
it's fundamental to our Christian life. Uh, it's, it's really an act of obedience to God to actually say, look, God, I've made a mistake. My actions have been wrong or my attitude's been wrong, uh, my mindset, etc. And we need to, in order to actually change, uh, it has to be very intentional. So it needs to be practical. It needs to be something that you actually can put into practice. Otherwise, we're not really taking it seriously. We're not actually doing a U-turn, if you like, in terms of um, our lives and indeed our money. You mentioned uh, some of those wrong attitudes we may need to repent from. Uh, One of those was, I don't have enough. Uh, Let's come back to that because uh, for a lot of people who are living on the family budget, uh, every week is cutting it fine. In in fact, you know, for a lot of families, spending more than they're earning. Mm. Uh, Giving doesn't... Uh, isn't an opportunity that those people have. Uh, what are you saying, that that has to change and is repentance a part of the change? Absolutely. I think there's a few steps in it. One is acknowledging that God actually has provided for us, and not only that he has provided for us, but that in fact he is the source. He is the source of all our provision, and that we actually need to, to trust in him to meet our needs. And uh, that, that's a real mindset shift, that he is the source and that he is, he is the owner of all things and that he has indeed provided for us. Because the, the word promises us that he will provide. But sometimes that involves us actually changing our actions. So, for example, doing the family budget and working out what is, uh, what is important to us. Because your budget actually sets out not only your income but all your expenses and your expenses are really identifying what it is that you value. And often there's things in there that we, that we place above things of God, and that's where we need to repent and say, actually, we do have enough, but we need to, to change these things and uh, cut out waste and cut out things that, that aren't necessary and refocus our mind to what's actually truly important. And what I think I can hear you saying, if I catch your heartbeat on this, it's, it's not... If you're stretched to your limits, give anyway because you might be stretching yourself more into debt. What you're saying is make the change now so that you're not stretched to the limit so that you can then afford to give. Is that what you're saying? Exactly right. I think um, even when you're feeling stretched, you should still give something. I think that's absolutely fundamental because God will make that decision. Uh, you know, we have the, um, the story about the, the poor widow that puts in the two copper coins and, you know, in her case, that was everything that she had. That was remarkably sacrificially generous. But she did that because she knew that God was the source and that God was going to provide for, for her, um, despite the fact that uh, in today's society, what we'd often say to someone like that is, well, maybe you should withhold because uh, if, you, if you give it, you won't have anything left. But what she realized is actually, well, God's in control. God's in charge. God will provide. And uh, that's what we need to adopt into our finances, even though we may feel that it's very tough to do so. Well, we're inviting listener calls this hour to participate in our conversation. You can call us on 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. Yanula from Inglewood in Victoria. Hello, Yanula. Welcome to 2020. Hello. How are you today? I'm very well. What's your contribution to our conversation today? Well, a number of years ago, the Holy Spirit told me that the global um, financial crisis was going to happen. I didn't have a name for it. 
Um, but what happened was um, he impressed on my heart that it was very important to um, get my mortgage paid off. That I didn't want to be caught in the global economic crash with a mortgage. And so he showed me some investment decisions that I should make, and they resulted in the fact that I had my mortgage paid off by the time I was 35. Wow. Right. Okay, so that you... That is what the Lord God can do. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, then he often has a way to um, get your mortgage paid off that you would not think of in a thousand years. Okay, so prayer and waiting on God, hearing God's voice, uh, is a way that as a Christian believer, you can believe that you can get out of those debts and be prepared and freed up to be able to give. Is that what you're saying, Yanula? That's right. And what are your thoughts, Alex? Look, I think that's absolutely correct. And it's about, um, you know, seeking God for his will in our finances and actually understanding that he has a purpose and he has a plan. And he certainly guides people in the way that he has in this particular situation with the, uh, with the global financial crisis and helping people to prepare. I actually believe that we're going to head into a, another global financial crisis, which I, I appreciate listeners probably wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable with. It's an unpleasant sort of thing. Um, however, it's something that we need to we need to listen to the voice of God and listen to what He has to say for, to us on our finances, because ultimately, I believe that a lot of financial problems can be solved through intimacy with God. If we're actually intimate with God, we seek Him. Uh, you'll worry about money a lot less, and you'll get answers to to, to what you think are problems, and He will guide you. You know, the Holy Spirit guides us. Okay, I want to thank Yanula uh, from Inglewood in Victoria for your input today on 2020. Alex Cook from Wealth with Purpose is our guest this hour. We're talking through these issues. Uh, uh, when we spoke to Yanula in that last segment, uh, Alex, uh, she was sort of in a, a realm where most people don't find themselves. Uh, hearing God on financial issues. How important is it to be a person who is a Christian believer who has a listening ear and uh, expecting to hear from God when it comes to wisdom on finances? Uh, look, it's it's absolutely critical. And I think this whole concept of seeking God applies to all areas of our lives, not just money. But in terms of money, because money is such a... Uh, a relevant thing to our daily lives that we need to understand what God wants for us with the money that he's provided and what he wants us to do with the money that he's given us. Um, so often I say to people, uh, their bank statements, for example, are theological documents because they tell the people what it is you value. And often we need to, to, to ask God to realign our thinking towards what is of eternal value. And the only way we can do that is by actually seeking him and asking him for a heart to the things that matter to God. Otherwise, we'll get bombarded with the daily messages of you have to have this car, you have to have this toy, you have to have this house, and so so forth. And often there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but they get taken too far. And... Um, and indeed, what we need to do is realign ourselves. And the, one of the key ways you do that is by spending time with God, spending time in his word, praying, and, and actually saying, God, 
do you want me to own this house? Do you want me to own this car? Uh, what is it that you want me to do uh, with this ministry? Do you want me to give to this ministry? Uh, do you want me to uh, give more to church? Or do I need to be giving to something else? And you can only answer those questions by actually seeking God and asking for his guidance in the way that earlier caller did in, relate, in reference to the uh, global financial crisis. I do like uh, your uh, illustration of get your bank statement out because it tells you a lot about your own attitudes towards finances. I think there could be a few around the place uh, that might like to do that. And uh, it raises actually uh, an important issue on one of the other areas that you're talking about uh, the need for repentance in. And that is uh, one we don't like to hear and we never like to apply to ourselves, but that is the issue of greed. Uh, sometimes that used to be actually one of the seven deadly sins that uh, yes. that various ones throughout the last uh, multiple centuries have come out with as one of the things that people need to keep a close eye on. But uh, what are your thoughts about greed, Alex? Yeah, look, this is a fascinating area. What I think has happened in our society now is when we think of greed, we tend to think of it in the rich over there. So we think of people such as Wall Street and investment bankers as being greedy. And then when we think about ourselves, we think, oh, you know, we're just looking after our, our little patch. But the truth is that we live in a culture that most people, Christian and non-Christian alike, would agree is a very materialistic, uh, consumerist type culture. And so often uh, the things that we focus our time on are things that we've become greedy about. And that could be things like home ownership and having a car. The common one, I think, for, for young people these days that I've seen in my uh, my career as a financial advisor is that many young people these days, they want the dream house from day one. They, they would be much better off starting with something small first, like, say, a, a two-bedroom unit, and then moving towards a small house and then a bigger house. But due to greed, they often want the dream house from, from day one, and that has often very negative consequences in terms of the financial decisions they make. So greed, for example, uh, can mean that you take on too much debt, for example, as a result of the underlying attitude of having to have something now. It may well be that God actually wants you to have a particular thing, such as having a house and a car, but it may well be that he wants you to, to get it in, in phases rather than to wanting it all right now. And uh, the Bible warns a lot about greed. It refers to greed as being idolatry, which, you know, is a very serious sin. And, and, and certainly when I used to think about idolatry, I used to think, oh, it's about people worshipping the golden calf and, you know, bowing down at a statue. But there's a fantastic book, which I highly recommend for your listeners, called um, Counterfeit Gods by a very well-known uh, New York pastor by the name of Timothy Keller. And what he talks about is he talks about idolatry as being a good thing that is taken too far. And that's what I think has happened in our culture. It's a good thing to own a home. It's a good thing to um, have a good job. But the problem is when we take those things too far and they become the object of our affection. And when they become the object of our affection, then we've succumbed to greed and uh, have committed, if you like, the act of adultery, uh, idolatry. And uh, that's something that we really need to keep ourselves in check about. Well, 
We are inviting listeners to uh, contribute to our conversation today. Uh, feel free to pick up the phone. Give us a call on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. We're talking about financial repentance and restoration. Uh, David from Mackay in Queensland. Hello, David. Welcome to 2020. Thank you. David, what's your contribution to our conversation today? Oh, Alex is just so spot on there that uh, first thing to recognise that uh, whatever we have is God's provision for us. And uh, and then when we have been able to accrue assets in a, in a home, that we don't think it's uh, something we can continually possess and maybe even, you know, the thought that take it with us, that we can use that then. You know, there's so many people sitting on beautiful homes and mansions and, and there's other service industries to, to attend to people's needs that aren't being developed because, um, you know, they just haven't got the capital. I, I refer to a situation where I'd trained an apprentice and uh, in, in a refrigeration trade and uh, he was an excellent young fellow and doing an excellent job but uh, with the high costs, of course, of maintaining him, I was at the point where I couldn't keep the business running. And I, I wanted the bank to let me use some of my assets, which I accrued, uh, you know, m- the majority of the house that I, I had owned. Um, and the banks then, because I, I didn't have financial returns for the previous years, uh, two years, they just wouldn't give me an advance on, on my asset. I thought, well, what use, you know, how, how that could be used, I could use my assets to, to keep a good business going, keep a young fellow in employment, and keep service to the, the city where I was at the time. Um, and uh, it was all, I thought, if, if you wanted to get a, a mansion or something like that, increase that, uh, as Alex said, that, that idle, you know, the, the perfect home, you've got the best home, uh, that I felt, yeah, the banks had come up with that. But where you're wanting to do, use your assets for, for, for keeping an industry going, uh, they're not interested in you, you know. And, uh, you know, just so much that the Lord provides all that we have. He provides our accommodation and everything else like that. But also he wants us to be able to give service. And as he's saying, yeah, if you are well enough off that you, you can then uh, subscribe and help these, uh, you know, uh, community events, uh, Lifeline and all that sort of thing, uh, that, that you can do it. Uh, as well as then also providing good service. But to just accrue uh, an idol in, in a big home or something like that and think back, you know, it's the old story from the Bible, the fellow that built the big barns and tore them down, that, um, uh, you know, suddenly he, he's... <laughs> He doesn't need it, and it's going to be he's going to be taken from it. So, yep. So, yeah. Alex, Alex, when it comes to what David's saying, uh, sometimes we think about our bank account as being the thing that we are repenting about and making sure that God has some level of ownership over our spare cash. Uh, David's talking about our assets too. Those assets we accrue can be used as our possessions, not of our own, but for God. Oh, absolutely, and uh, that's one thing that excites me. I mean. Uh, every, God gives each of us different amounts of money. So some of us may have little, some of us may have a lot. But it's what we do with those things. So if we have a, a home, we know we need to open our homes to others. We need to uh, to let people in and be hospitable to them. I'll give you a, a fabulous example of one of my closest friends in the world. Um, in his church, there was a, a single mother with three children who'd recently gone through a, a messy divorce. And what he and his wife did, and they've got three kids of their own, they let this uh, mother come and live in the house with three with the three children. So there's now three adults and six kids, so a very full house. 
and they helped this uh, this lady out and helped her to get back on track just by using the house that God had blessed them with uh, to help someone else in need. And and really, this is what ultimately it's about: is realigning our mindset. And if we have uh, been blessed with financial resources, and all of us have been to a you know to varying degrees, you're asking ourselves this question, and that the question is. How can we use what God has given us to bless others, to, to benefit them and to, to build his kingdom, uh, to be a fantastic witness and to be generous to others? And uh, all that God asks of us is to, to use what he's given to us wisely. Well, thank you to David from Mackay for your input here today on 2020. A question that's come from an anonymous listener uh, for you, Alex, and that is uh, regarding Proverbs thirteen twenty two. A man, a good man, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. How do we fit that into our ideas of having a right attitude about money? Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, the Bible makes it very clear that we should leave an inheritance to our children, our children's children. Uh, I think estate planning is one of the areas that we often don't give enough thought to. Because estate planning, if you like, is your final act of stewardship. It's the, it's the last opportunity you have to give. And so the big question is, uh, how do we actually divide up our assets when we pass away? Do we leave it all to our children? Or do we uh, give some to our church? Or do we give to some to ministries that we're passionate about? And this is something I believe that we should really think through very carefully. Because often... Um, the, the default assumption is to give 100% of it to your children, and people will often quote that particular verse that you read out from Proverbs as something that we should therefore give it all to our kids. But in my experience, uh, what we need to do with our children is teach them stewardship skills from a very young age so that when they get the money, that they actually become good stewards with the money that they've received. So, and there's a good way of testing this is throughout your life you give your money, uh, some of your money to your children and you test to see what they do with it. It's like a, a character test. In fact, much of our lives are a character test. But giving them a little bit of money throughout their life so that you can see what they do with it. Do they give that money generously or do the first thing they do with it when they get the money um, is they go on an overseas trip? And that is a, a very important test because how much you leave money to your kids versus other organisations such as the church and various ministries uh, really should be dependent, I think, to a large degree on whether you think your kids are going to be good stewards with the money. Because people forget that when, when they pass away, they're actually handing back God's money, not their own money. We, we tend to think about it as giving our money over to our kids. It's actually giving God's money to them. And so we need to make sure that we've trained them well along the way so that when they receive the money, they are good stewards with it and they use the money to fulfill God's purposes rather than just having a more lavish lifestyle as a result of the money that they receive. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020. Our special guest this hour, Alex Cook from Wealth With Purpose. We're talking about financial repentance and restitution. And if I was recapping what we've talked about so far, repenting from what, you say? Well, wrong attitudes to money, 
from big issues that we often ascribe to others, but often it applies to ourselves, things like greed, which has been equated to idolatry. Alex Cook, I want to get to another area that you're saying we need to be repentant about, and that is fear. What sort of fear do we need to repent of? Fear, yeah, look, with fear, the, the main issue with fear is that we worry that God will not provide. We fear that we're going to have a lack. So fear creeps its way into a range of things, such as lack of generosity, for example. We, we fear that if we hand over money, uh, we give generously, that we're somehow losing, and therefore that we'll run out of money ourselves. But uh, there's a fantastic verse that says, good will come to those who act generously. And the passage goes on into a bit more detail than that. But we need to actually set ourselves free from the fear, and we do that by learning to trust in God as our source and as our provider. Uh, We don't have a lot of time. Let's talk about how we repent uh, when it comes to financial issues. How do you go about that? Yeah, look, I think it's a three-step process. The first thing is to confess. So, um, we need to say to God, look, we're sorry for the things that we've done, whatever that may be, be it uh, you know, greed, treats to idolatry, or through fear of lack and so forth. So we need to confess. That's the first step. The second thing we need to do is, is promise or resolve not to do it again. We've got to say, God, we're sorry. Please help us. Please empower us through your Holy Spirit to, to not live that way anymore and to, to resolve uh, that we need to take on new attitudes. And then the third step, which I think is actually a very exciting one, but often challenging, is to make restitution. And really, restitution is this act of restoring. It's the act of um, putting something back uh, into its rightful place. So if I used uh, an example of business, whereby you have a small business and you're selling particular products, and you happen to sell a faulty product, and you realise that that product is faulty, uh, and therefore you're going to have very unhappy customers very soon. So an act of restitution would be to tell those customers that those products were faulty, to replace them and restore them uh, and give those people the the, the fully finished, correct product. Um, And people get nervous about this. Often when when business people uh, make mistakes, they try and cover it up. They try and hide the mistake which, you know, is a sinful way of dealing with it. But when we make restitution, and the reason why I say it's exciting is that uh, when we look at the Old Testament law that was given to Moses, the, the, the act of making restitution would be that you restore to the person uh, what was wrong. So if you cheated someone, you would actually restore back to them in full. And on top of that, you would add 20% to it. So if we go back to that business example... If you, you've made a mistake in business, uh, you know, it's a contract that's gone bad or, um, uh, as I say, it's a faulty product, firstly, you would restore the person back to their, where they should have been, but then you go above and beyond and fix the problem. And you, you may bless them in a particular way. It may not necessarily be monetary. It may be, uh, you know, some sort of loyalty uh, sort of thing where they get something for free or it, it could, be, could be, you know, anything. Uh, But the opportunity here is to show people that you are someone that can be trusted, that you are someone who has a high level of integrity and that when you make a mistake, you honestly fess up and say, look, I've made a mistake and here's what I'm going to do to fix it. 
And not only that, not only am I going to fix it, but I want to bless you on top of that. And this is uh, a fantastic, as I say, opportunity for, for Christian business people to shine because we can show to people that not only are we people of integrity, but we're the people that you can trust that when something goes wrong, that we'll fix it. We'll put you back into an even better position than what you were before. And that, to me, is the exciting thing about restitution. Alex, is it fair enough to say, and I'm not sure how you are on history, but uh, there is a sense in which Western civilization, which is really Christian-founded, Judeo-Christian ethic-founded civilization, uh, has become successful, has become prosperous because of these types of biblical foundations when it comes to finances, so that people are trusted in business. And when you're trusted in business, you become wealthy in business. Is this a a foundation for actually becoming wealthy? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think it's the the single greatest opportunity for us as Christian people to to show the world that we really believe um, the Word of God and we believe that living a life of integrity is, is paramount to a civil society. It's paramount to um, to making sure that uh, you know business operates in a very functional way, and uh, that when mistakes get made, and look, we're only human; we we'll all make mistakes, but we can fix those mistakes and do the right thing, and uh, really bless people through that. And uh, as I say, it's an enormous business opportunity because when people know that they can trust you, people, whether they're believers or not, always deal with people they can trust. And that is where the massive opportunity is for you to, for your business to shine and to actually get more customers because you'll get a reputation for being someone that others can trust. Uh, and that's how I tried to operate my financial planning business. And I think it, it, it uh, made a massive difference. Um, just in a profitability sense, but also because it was doing the right thing. Well, it's been a huge topic to face today. And for some listeners, it'll be something they've never heard before. The idea of repenting when it comes to finances, the idea of restitution, the idea of a biblical foundation which births trust. And when there's a mainstream that's trying to ditch biblical principles, uh, there is a uh, surefire uh, move towards success, and that is uh, with Uh, with biblical principles. Thanks for being with us today on 2020, Alex. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.